I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast. Hey, what's up, Power Players? I'm Tom Tate. I am your host and guide, and I will be taking you on a time-traveling trip through your past. I'm going to go through the history of Nintendo, one issue of Nintendo Power at a time. I would like to welcome you, of course, to episode number 12, where we will be covering issue number 12 of Nintendo Power. So if you're listening in real time, I definitely want to apologize. It's been a while since I recorded an episode. I took an unplanned hiatus Due to the holidays, mostly, uh, also due to work, I actually started a second job in the fall, which is kind of foolish of me to start a second job while also trying to launch this podcast. Uh, My kids got really, really sick, and I have a bunch of excuses, but I know that you do not want to hear any of my excuses. You just want to hear some of the awesome games, uh, hear about some of the awesome games, uh, listen to some of the awesome retro music from those games uh, and just reminisce with me take a trip down memory lane so no more excuses that's my new year's resolution Uh, it is 2017 at the time of this recording and i am going to resolve to bring you weekly content without fail and without delay and if i need to take a break at any at any point for life stuff uh, i'll definitely be a little bit more transparent with that and give you uh, all a heads a heads up because I know that there are listeners out there uh, and I want to give you as much awesome content as possible. But enough about me and enough about the break. This is Power Time. This is the Nintendo Retrospective Podcast. It is 2017 and that is such an exciting time to be a Nintendo fan. Uh, we've got the Switch on the way. We have tons of great games to play and we have even more classic titles Uh, that we can play on things like the Virtual Console and, of course, the Nintendo Classic, which was definitely the talk of the town uh, because it was so hard to find in town over the holiday season. So I'm really, really excited because I am recording this right now. It is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Thursday, January 12th. Uh, So this is a historical night for Nintendo. They are going to be announcing more details about the Switch at 11 p.m. tonight. So I'm going to record and edit this podcast, and then I'll be checking that out. And then afterwards, I believe tomorrow, they're going to open up pre-orders in New York City. I don't think that I'll be traveling to New York City for pre-orders, but I'm super excited about the console, and I can't wait to hear more about it. I'll probably record a short kind of response to that episode uh, as soon as they release some more details. So let's get things started. I've got my Trader Joe's Harvest Blend Herbal Tea in hand. I am absolutely ready to go. Let's dig in to this week's episode covering the May-June 1990 issue of Nintendo Power. As always, before we get started, let's flash back in time. Let's kind of time travel. It was certainly a simpler time. Uh, remember, we are going back to the 1990s Uh, Things are changing, though, so let's take a look at May 1990, May 22nd. 
Microsoft releases Windows 3.0. And I'm sure so many of you listeners out there remember Windows 3.0. I certainly do. I grew up on uh, both Windows and Macintosh, but Windows 3.0 was definitely a game changer back in the day. I remember my uh, my hard floppy disks uh, that I used to have to insert and, and download all of my games from floppy disks. Uh, the times certainly have changed. Uh, Pretty Woman and Back to the Future Part 3 dominated the box office. Uh, Back to the Future Part 3, uh, an absolute classic. I would love to just sit and, and do a Back to the Future podcast one day. Uh, I promise I won't do that because then I'll never find time for this podcast. Uh, but one of my favorite franchises of all time, uh, June 1990, Universal and Nickelodeon Studios opens up in Orlando, Florida. Uh, so Universal Studios, of course, very, very uh, pertinent in this conversation because Nintendo is coming to Universal Studios. Uh, so if you Google that, uh, there's some really awesome uh, really awesome documentation that they put together. Uh, I believe there's a video in place. Uh, if not a video, there's definitely some mock-ups that I've seen. Uh, so some really cool things to showcase uh, what Nintendo plans to bring to Universal Studios. Really, really awesome. Uh, in the box office in June, we had a Total Recall and we had Dick Tracy, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, music at this time, so the hot singles back in 1990, uh, May, June, we had Vogue, by Madonna, and we had Hold On by Wilson Phillips. And Hold On has kind of made a comeback. It was in one of those trendy movies a couple of years ago. I forget which one. Uh, and it's been, uh, maybe it was Bridesmaids. I'm not sure. Uh, and it certainly pops up from time to time again. So you're listening to some of these pop tunes on the radio. Uh, maybe your parents let you sneak into Dick Tracy, uh, or maybe you got to go see Back to the Future Part 3. But then one day, you're at home, you're eating your SpaghettiOs, and you get a little magazine in the mail called Nintendo Power. And on this issue of Nintendo Power, this issue has an awesome jungle scene on the cover. And it has these two Rambo-like commandos, and they're crouched behind a log. And then off in the distance, off in the distance is an alien spacecraft. And this game looks like it's just packed with so much action. But not just any action. This game is packed with extraterrestrial jungle action. And I'm speaking none other than Super C, the sequel to Contra. So let's take a look at the cover. So this cover, of course, we have Super C, extraterrestrial jungle action. Uh, we have these two Rambo-like uh, figures. Uh, you know, they look like they're exactly from uh, the Rambo First Blood films. Uh, or even Predator, uh, it, it looks like a ripoff. They have the red bandanas in the image here. Uh, we have Don't Miss, Final Fantasy, Codename Viper, and Dino Wars. And we have a special bonus here, Classified Info Insert. We have 36 pages of top secret tips. Uh, this, of course, Nintendo Power issue, May, June 1990. Uh, it is still $3.50 in the United States and $4.50 in Canada. Keep an eye on those prices. Uh, and we have the official Nintendo seal of quality. So this is the real deal. And then flipping over into the table of contents, we see a little bit of Final Fantasy. Uh, we're going to catch Super C, Dino Wars, again, codename Viper, uh, Barai Fighter will all be covered. 
we have the results for the 1989 Nestor Awards. Super exciting stuff. Uh, we have some Game Boy features. We have a few hot previews. And we have, uh, okay, so featured for the previews, we have Ninja Gaiden 2, Star Tropics, Golgo 13, Crystallis, and much more. Okay, so let's do this. We are going to jump right in to our first feature. Welcome to a world where fantasies become living reality. So this feature dives into the story of Final Fantasy 1, which is super, super exciting because this year, 2017, marks the 30th anniversary of the franchise. And we're expecting an event soon with some announcements of some special releases. And fans of the franchise are currently playing through Final Fantasy 15. And I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews at first, but... It's showing up on a lot of best of 2016 lists, which makes me think that it's worth playing through. Uh, I might check it out. I'm personally still playing through World of Final Fantasy on PlayStation Vita, and that's a real casual game. It's not kind of a, uh, a hardcore Final Fantasy title, part of the main franchise, but it's pretty cool. And it's perfect for me because it's a throwback to all of the older games. And because I'm a retro game nerd, all the old music and all the old characters really appeals to me. So in this issue of Nintendo Power, we learn about the four light warriors and the fall of Garland. We learn about some of the locations throughout the game, Koneria, the cave of Matoya, the castle of Astos, the marsh cave, and much more. There's a combination of screenshots and illustrations in this feature, and it's really well laid out. And this, this is kind of how I remember Nintendo Power to be uh, back in the day. So this article is a really good example of just uh, the combination of illustrations, kind of old epic fantasy illustrations, screenshots, a little bit of tips, a little bit of stories. Uh, I definitely remember having this issue or, or picking up this issue or borrowing this issue at some point uh, back in 1990. And I will say this, I admittedly did not get into Final Fantasy until Final Fantasy 3 for Super Nintendo, and even that was a rental for me, so I played it. I don't know that I truly understood how awesome RPGs were back in the day. Uh, it really wasn't until Final Fantasy 7 for PlayStation that I became an addict to the franchise and an addict to JRPGs. 7 was absolutely my jam. I know a lot of people had a similar experience uh, for sure. But after 7 and after playing through 8, I ended up going back and playing through all of the older titles. And for the first Final Fantasy for this game, I actually played through a PSP remake. Uh, I didn't play through the Nintendo, uh, the actual Nintendo iteration. And the story, I believe, in that remake was unchanged. And it was good. It was really, really good. Uh, the graphics, of course, were fantastic. Uh, back in this day, uh, they might have felt a little dated, even 
1990 because this game was in development prior to 1990 in Japan. Uh, it was a bit tedious, and I think it's still a bit tedious by today's standards, but it's absolutely worth checking out if you haven't already. Uh, even watching some Let's Play videos on YouTube will really give you a good taste of how this game uh, plays and certainly how it played back in the day. Uh, and all in all, you know, this is a classic franchise. This is a classic game, definitely something to uh, have in your, your repertoire and your backlog. And if you want to play through it, if you want to relive the magic of Final Fantasy, you can do it so easily now because this exists on every console. This is on the Wii Virtual Console, uh, which by default you can play on Wii U through the Wii mode. Uh, but it's on; it has 40 different remakes. It's on Android, iOS, Windows Phone. Again, I played it on PSP. I'm pretty sure you can get it on Game Boy Advance, uh, PlayStation. There was a PS1 Classic. Uh, I think you can get that PS1 Classic on a PS3, uh, possibly a PS4, you name it. You can likely find the original Final Fantasy on that console. Uh, and also, you can play it on the uh, NES Classic. Uh, so if you manage to uh, get an NES Classic, you can play it on that. And at this point, I really want to give a shout out to a Power Time Podcast listener Christian. And I want to thank Christian because Christian is the reason why I have an NES Classic. So he was able to obtain two of these uh, super rare units uh, right around the time of launch. He was able to get two units. And instead of putting one on eBay and getting large amounts of money uh, and the price kind of went up. So maybe he's regretting his de- his decision, but instead of kind of scalping the NES Classic and making a huge profit, he offered to sell me one at cost. Uh, so I was able to pay Christian exactly what he paid for it uh, and nab one of these. So uh, he just reached out kind of out, out of his own kindness uh, because he's a listener of the show and he knew that I was trying to get one and that they were difficult to obtain. So I want to thank Christian Uh, I'm definitely going to pay that back uh, to the listeners at some point. Uh, We'll see if I can get my hands on one and perhaps do a giveaway. I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, we are going to move on to our next feature. And that feature, of course, is the cover story for this issue. Let's talk about Super C.
out of this world action, the aliens are back and they don't intend to lose a second time to a couple of combat yahoos from a backward planet like Earth. But that didn't stop you in Contra and it's not likely to stop you now. What may stop you are the eight grueling stages leading up to the final desperate battle with an indescribably weird alien Super Sea Super Fiend. If this game doesn't heat up your summer, nothing will. This, of course, is Super C, the sequel to Contra. Released on February 2nd, 1990 in Japan and April 1990 in North America, uh, this game, of course, was developed by Konami. It was initially uh, for the arcade. So what we have on the NES is actually a port of the arcade version. Gameplay is very, very similar to the original Contra. You control Bill Riser or Lance Bean, and you run and gun to keep aliens and enemies at bay as you progress through the stages. In this issue of Nintendo Power, we have screenshots uh, and maps for Stage 2, the first base. We have Stage 3, the jungle. Stage 4, the inner base. Stage 5, the cliff. Stage 6, entry to HQ. And Stage 7, headquarters. Also included, we have uh, boss battle strategies, which were very important in the Contra and Super C games. We have special tactics for uh, specific segments of the levels themselves. Uh, And this is a very robust guide. This is not to be taken lightly. Uh, This game was challenging, and Nintendo went out of its way to provide maps and provide strategy to help get you through. Uh, Because, of course, we did not have the internet back in 1990 Uh, to look up FAQs and and tips and tricks. Uh, What's not covered in this issue is the final stage, but they do tease it a bit at the end. Uh, And the 3D fixed screen segments that you remember from Contra, from the original Contra, those are actually gone in this game. So you'll remember the levels where kind of the barrels are are rolling towards you. Uh, You're in those 3D corridors. Those levels are gone. Uh, We instead have an overhead perspective style stage that scrolls upwards. Uh, So I don't know if I'm explaining that too well, uh, but if you check out some gameplay videos on YouTube, uh, you'll definitely get a sense of how this game uh, introduces a new play style. Uh, The soundtrack for this game was rearranged by Hadinori Mazawa. Uh, Again, I apologize uh, Hadi Nori, if I just completely butchered that name. Uh, and we're going to continue to listen to some of these tracks. Uh, so I'm going to play another one of my favorites now, uh, and then we'll keep this episode rolling.
So I definitely remember playing a ton of both Contra and Super C as a kid. Contra, of course, a little bit more because I, I, I believe I owned a copy or at least my neighbor owned a copy and I was borrowing, borrowing it quite frequently. Uh, but I certainly rem- remember Super C. Uh, I recently have been playing a bit on the NES Classic just to kind of refresh my memory and it's certainly as challenging as I recall it to be. Uh, I don't remember ever beating this game. I don't really remember beating Contra either. So an interesting fact about Super C is that it doesn't take the Konami code, surprisingly. So, you know, there are other codes apparently that you can manually input at the title screen to get some bonus lives, uh, but the classic up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, uh, that classic Konami code is not one of the codes that you can use in Super C. So power players, I'm curious uh, if you have any fond memories of Super C uh, you can definitely tweet at me at Yo Power Time on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Uh, or you can join the Facebook group at powertimepodcast.com slash unlocked. Uh, you'll get access to our private Facebook community where you can kind of drop in any comments or memories that you have about this awesome, awesome game. But we have a lot more content to cover, so we're going to keep things moving. Up next, we have a few pages on Dino Wars, which I'm not going to cover in too much detail. I did talk about it a bit before. I played it in November for the uh, Extra Life uh, Gameathon that I did. It was a lot of fun. So stages two, uh, six, uh, two through six are mapped out here. Uh, and I will say this: uh, this game it was developed by Bandai. It is a crazy, crazy game. Uh, the story is just ridiculous. This is the type of game where, you know, I feel like a bunch of toy execs were just sitting around like a big oak meeting table. And someone just blurted out or wrote down on a whiteboard, sci-fi adventure with robot dinosaurs in space. And everyone looked around the room and that was all they needed. That was enough to get the green light to fund this game. And off someone went to uh, go put together a development team just to create this game really quickly. Uh, It's just a hilarious premise for a game. Uh, I'll also mention uh, here that Codename, Codename Viper and Burai Fighter, uh, they also get walkthroughs and spreads uh, through this issue uh, and so a little bit of a feature. Uh, I know Codename Viper was on the cover of this issue. Uh, I've never played it. It's in my backlog now, certainly to check it out, uh, but I'm going to keep things moving. So my apologies if you know Codename Viper was your absolute favorite game growing up, uh, and here I am. Uh, hosting power time, just completely glossing it over. Um, so if you love this game, definitely tweet at me again at yo power time and say, you know, how could you, you need to go back into a full episode on Codename Viper because it's awesome. So up next, uh, you know, moving into the next feature, we have, you know, one of my favorite annual segments. This is something that has popped up uh, once before and it hopefully it's going to continue to pop up. And that, of course, is the Nintendo Power Awards. Uh, We are going to cover the 1989 Nestor Awards, uh, which is the top of the top games that were were released in 1989 based on different categories. So there was a ballot for these that went out in the previous issue. So presumably, you know, this is my understanding, all of these are based on readers' choices. Uh, These are not editors' picks. 
and we covered the 1988 nesters in episode six. So if you want to check that out, you can go to powertimepodcast.com slash six uh, if you want to see what the top games were in 1988. So I'm going to run down. uh, I'm just going to run through the winners for this year, 1989. It was absolutely a great year for the NES. I'm a little surprised by some of the games that won. uh, So let's just go through. So best graphics and sound went to Mega Man 2. Uh, Certainly some great, great music in that game. So not super surprised with that one. Best challenge went to Ninja Gaiden. Uh, Again, I played through this when we did the Ninja Gaiden episode. So I absolutely agree with that as well. Best theme slash fun went to TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Best play control went to Mega Man 2. Best ending went to Ninja Gaiden. And again, I absolutely agree with this. I I remember playing through it, you know, I guess a couple months ago now, and I actually tweeted out a picture of the ending just because that's how impactful it was even all these years later to play through it. Uh, best player versus player, best two-player game is Tecmo Bowl, uh, no doubt there. And best overall went to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this is where I'm a little surprised. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went up against Dragon Warrior, DuckTales, Faxanadu, Guardian Legend, Mega Man 2, Stealth ATF, Tetris, Ninja Gaiden, and Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So I'm not surprised that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is in this lineup of, of amazing games that were released in 1989. But I am a little surprised that it beat out DuckTales, uh, not just here, but in uh, the best theme slash fun. You know, DuckTales, in, in, of all the games that were released in 1989, I'd say DuckTales was absolutely the funnest game that you could play. So I'm a little surprised about that. Uh, and I'm surprised that it beat out a uh, first-party title like Zelda 2. Uh, and again, Mega Man 2, Ninja Gaiden, also contenders uh, for this best overall slot. But here here we are, you know, Ninja Turtles uh, taking taking the win. And as I mentioned when we did the Turtles episode, uh, Turtles Fever was, you know, not just in 1989, but I feel like it was 1989 to 1992, maybe even further. Uh, if you were a Turtles fan, you know, it was just insane insanity for at least half a decade. Uh, so there you have it. You know, th- th- there are your winners. Uh, notably, there's very few first-party Nintendo titles even on the list, uh, which I felt kind of dominated last year's. Uh, and I'm already looking forward to seeing what games show up uh, in the 1990 uh, list. I'm sure Super Mario Brothers 3 is going to be uh, a strong contender, if not number one. Uh, it is my favorite NES game uh, by a long shot. So uh, we're going to keep the episode moving. We're going to jump into our next segment, uh, Power Players. Let's dig into the previews. So the previews section for this issue has kind of a silly cover. It shows off the four titles we're going to be looking at. And the uh, screenshots for these titles are superimposed over hot air balloons that are hovering over a baseball stadium. But there are no baseball or sports games listed here. uh, And this has nothing to do with sports. 
Uh, so nevertheless, um, there are some cool titles that we're going to look at. Uh, so let's dig right in with the first one. Peace and tranquility has passed since Ryu Hayabusa, Tecmo's ninja hero, fought and defeated Jakeo in the original Ninja Gaiden. But little does Ryu suspect that a shadowy figure stands atop a remote mountain, plotting more trouble for him. His vacation from action is about to come to an abrupt end in Ninja Gaiden 2, The Dark Sword of Chaos. So in this preview, we get introduced to a new enemy, Ashtar, and we are promised that this game will be more challenging than the original, which is a very, very bold promise because Ninja Gaiden 1 is pretty, pretty intense. I played through Ninja Gaiden 1 last year, as I mentioned, I had an absolute blast, and I now have a really, really deep appreciation for this franchise. Uh, I remember that this game, this particular game fondly. Uh, but I don't remember the story that well, so we will be playing this game uh, once again, and I'll be covering this game a little bit further in a future episode uh, for sure. Uh, there are new ninja powers, uh, there's new areas to explore, and uh, Nintendo Power also mentions that a very special Nintendo Power strategy guide is coming for Ninja Gaiden 2. Uh, up next after this, we have Star Tropics. Uh, so for Star Tropics, a meteor shower over Tropical Sea Island triggers the disappearance of your uncle, the brilliant archaeologist Dr. Jones, from his remote island laboratory. Thus begins a new adventure from Nintendo, mixing challenging action scenes shown in big detailed graphics with a surprise-filled story and a lot of mysteries to solve. You'll voyage this island, you'll voyage the island waters in a mini submarine, encounter strange creatures and helpful islanders, get swallowed by a whale along the way, and even board an alien craft. It's a guaranteed hit. So I've actually never played Star Tropics, unfortunately, but now that I have access to it on the NES Classic, I'm really excited to dive in, uh, especially with save states, because it seems like this is a bit of a longer game. Uh, but the game looks beautiful. The art style looks really, really cool uh, for this 1990 NES era. Um, I actually didn't realize until now that this was a Nintendo title through and through, not just published, but also produced by Nintendo. Uh, there are a lot of other cool aspects of Star Tropics, uh, three gameplay modes, the world map, smaller overview maps, and then there's this side-scrolling action mode. Uh, it looks like your main weapon is a yo-yo, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, it, it's a great concept for a game. I'm really excited to play it. 
I'm excited to talk more about it. Uh, and after doing a little bit of research on it, there's just so many cool fun facts. Uh, I, I hope to talk more about kind of the backstory behind this game's development uh, because it's pretty interesting. After that, we have the Moffat Conspiracy. Uh, this is touted on page to be two years in the making. So I don't know if that's uh, super, super long uh, or not. Uh, I don't really have too much context on how long most of these games were in development. Uh, but this is a continuation of the Golgo 13 series. And I've never played either of the Golgo 13 games, uh, though we talked a little bit about the first one in a previous episode. Uh, these are multi-format spy espionage type games. You have shooting sequences, 3D building interior sequences, action sequences, driving, side-scrolling, the works. Uh, so much action packed into these games. I, I, I'm curious if they're any good. If they were that good, I feel like they would stand at the test of time a little bit more. Uh, you don't really hear too much about them. Uh, but we will definitely dig in in a future issue. Uh, and then we have a game that I've been itching to play, and that is Crystallis. Uh, this is a futuristic adventure game from SNK. You've been frozen for years inside a cryogenic cocoon. And I don't know about you power players, but anytime a story begins where you're unfrozen from a deep cryogenic sleep, uh, I love that. Um, any story that begins with that statement is just awesome. Uh, lots of RPG elements here. Uh, I'm told that the music is great. Uh, this issue of Nintendo Power features the elemental swords that you will find, wind, fire, water, and thunder. Uh, for video shorts, uh, moving along, we have Phantom Fighter from FCI. We have Terra Cresta from Tokai. Uh, Castle of the Dragon, Snoopy uh, from the Peanuts Gang. That's developed by Kemko Seika. Uh, we have Dusty Diamonds, All-Star Softball, World Championship Wrestling, WCW. We have Steve Williams, Rick Steiner, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Sting, The Road Warriors, and Ricky Steamboat all featured in uh, this wrestling game. Uh, we have Jack Nicholas, 18 Greatest Holes of Major Championship Golf, uh, which is apparently replicas of a lot of popular uh, golf courses. Rollerball, a pinball game from HAL. We have Conflict, a, quote, modern warfare, unquote, game from Tokai. Ghostbusters 2, Double Dare, and Kid Cool. In Packwatch, uh, so Packwatch is just loaded with titles in this issue. We have a look into the future of NES game packs. Uh, we have a cool title called Worm, W-U-R-M, uh, which I've never played, but it's now in my backlog. Isolated Warrior, Low G-Man. Uh, we have a look ahead at Castlevania 3. Deja Vu, a murder mystery with a Twilight Zone feel. Using the same PC game style as Shadowgate, uh, we have Bugs Bunny Birthday Blowout, which is just an awesome game. Uh, from the Gossip Corner, we have Bad News Baseball, Tecmo Bowl 2. Uh, we have Solomon's Club. Dragon Warrior 2 is being localized. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, and then there's an image there's image fight by Irem. We have Michael Andretti's World GP. We have Arquista's Ring, Silkworm, Jim Henson's Muppet Adventure, Looney Tunes, Cartoon Maker, Robin Hood, Adventure in Sherwood Forest. Uh, we have Gauntlet 2, Days of Thunder, and that of course is based on the Tom Cruise movie. 
and we have much, much more. There are so many more titles. Uh, I think we're starting to enter the boom of cash-in titles uh, and pack saturation. And it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo handles all that uh, by exposing so many games in this one issue. What they're going to do in the future, they're really going to give uh, print time to every single title that gets released, uh, regardless of quality. Uh, But that's going to cover things for previews. We're going to move into our next segment, which is That's So Retro. Uh, In this segment, I like to just cover things that really uh, bring me back to 1990, super retro elements. Uh, First, we have a couple spreads in issue 12 featuring Game Boy games. uh, And these could have been featured in the features section, but I put them in That's So Retro because the colors and the graphics on the magazine pages themselves it really looks dated, and it really reminds me how dated the Game Boy was, uh, more so than all of the NES features. Uh, we get a glimpse, though, of Batman, Gargoyles, Quest, Quicks, Dadlian, Opus, Bases Loaded, NFL Football, Fist of the North Star, and Shanghai. Uh, so all of these titles, uh, obviously, I remember quite a few on the Game Boy. Really great games, but they just look so dated uh, in, in the kind of grayscale uh yellowish hue of the Game Boy. Uh, There are also some Game Boy previews, Double Dragon and Wizards of Warriors X, Fortress of Fear. So up next, I want to feature one of my favorite game counselors. Uh, So every issue, uh, they kind of highlight some of the game counselors. They have a photograph, they have their name, Uh, a little bit about their hobbies and uh, what their greatest achievement is. And of course, their favorite NES game. So this uh, episode, I want to feature Thad Kreischer. T-H-A-D, Thad. Uh, So Thad became a game counselor uh, March of 1989. His hobbies include playing music, writing, hang gliding, and rock climbing. His highest game score, and this is just unbelievable, which is why I wanted to include it. He completed Bionic Commando with one hand tied behind his back uh, with a score of well over 1 million. So I love that he played a game where you can't uh, necessarily use your hands with his hand tied behind his back. You won't see anything like this uh, in any magazine today. Uh, This is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, His favorite NES game was Mega Man. So another awesome retro thing in this issue is in classified information. Uh, the Nintendo Power quote-unquote agents, uh, they've revealed uh, the tricks and codes from popular games in this particular section. And for Mega Man 2, they pretty much cracked the passcode system and they explain how it works. Uh, so they include a grid uh, and players can determine how to create a password that has certain bosses complete and a certain number of energy tanks in your cache. It's pretty great uh, that they figured all of this out and that they shared it uh, with the readers. Uh, very, very retro. Um, there's a page to advertise uh, some out-of-this-world munchies, uh, which is a direct quote. Uh, and this I totally remember for better or worse. Uh, there was Nintendo Cereal System. This was Nintendo's breakfast cereal. Uh, we have Mario Brothers candy bars, Super Mario Brothers juice boxes. We have fruit snacks. They had Zelda and Mario 2 variants. 
And uh, this is what I remember especially, Mario 2 ice cream sandwiches. Um, So all of these delicious and super healthy snacks uh, were featured in an advertisement in this issue. Uh, Next segment, we have Are We Having Fun Yet? And Are We Having Fun Yet? is just all the odds and ends, all the fun stuff that I picked up on in this issue that didn't really fit anywhere else. Uh, First, we have the Howard and Nestor comic for this issue. Uh, This issue's Howard and Nestor comic is actually pretty cool, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So Howard Phillips welcomes Nestor into Nintendo's R&D lab, where he explains to Nestor... um, he explains to Nestor that there is an NES interface modulator, which allows programmers to look for bugs. Uh, and Nestor is standing here with his bug catching net uh, because he has no idea what a bug is. Uh, and once they clear up the confusion, though, they go into Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, the game, and Howard shows Nestor where the flute is in the subfortress of World 1. Uh, it's a cool way to reveal the secret Um which eventually everyone knew uh, or how to get the the flute or the whistle uh, back in the day. So it was pretty cool that they kind of threw this into the comic itself. There's a quick uh, new game section in this issue, just featuring a few games, Adventures of Lolo 2, Rocket Ranger, Wheel of Fortune, Family Edition, Tombs and Treasure, and Journey to Silius. Uh, I still haven't played that game either, and I heard that game is awesome. Um these games really just kind of expand the catalog a bit, show off some some of the secrets, but they don't go in-depth uh, as some of the earlier features we covered. The celebrity profile in this issue is Willie Ames, a.k.a. Buddy Lembeck from Charles in Charge. Uh, he writes a lot about his experience with the NES and playing with his five-year-old son, and they both review Captain Skyhawk, in which he says, We both felt like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, Star Wars the game has the best graphics of any we've ever played. You really feel like you're a part of the action. Um, so yeah, I didn't play, uh, captain Skyhawk either. Uh, so going through these issues, uh, I'm just building such a huge backlog of games, uh, that I need to start playing. Uh, also to wrap up this, this section, um, on the back cover of this issue, the players poll contest for this month is a chance to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger on the set of Total Recall, uh, or there's an advertisement for Total Recall. It's on the set of his next film. So Total Recall was being released uh, this month, as we mentioned. Um, I'm pretty sure that Total Recall was an R-rated film. So I think it's kind of interesting that they threw that in here. Uh, I'll have to double check on that. All right, power players. So we are going to start to wrap things up and we're going to do so with the top 10 as reported in issue number of number 12 of Nintendo Power's top 30. Um, so from the top 30, here is your top 10. We have Super Mario Brothers 3, of course, in number one. We have Tetris in number two. Number three, we have TMNT, uh, winner of the 1989 Nesters. Uh, We have The Legend of Zelda, number four. Number five, we have Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Very interesting to see see Zelda 1 on top there. Uh, Number six, we have Batman. Number seven, we have Shadowgate. Number eight, we have Super Mario Bros. 2, still hanging on. Number nine, we have Mega Man 2. And number 10, of course, we have Ninja Gaiden. So those are the top 10 games, uh, May, June, 1990. 
uh, up in the next issue. Uh, we're going to be covering the July-August issue of Nintendo Power, uh, issue number 13. We've got Final Fantasy. We've got the Mafia Conspiracy. We have Crystallis and Star Tropics. All of the previews that we covered uh, today uh, will be getting their own features. So get ready, Power Players, for a deeper dive in all of those games, uh, plus all of the regular goodies and surprises that Nintendo has to offer. There's also a letter from Howard Phillips uh, towards the end of this issue uh, just announcing that they're going to be moving to a monthly uh monthly uh basis right so right now you know as i mentioned this is the may june issue next issue is july august uh well eventually nintendo power moves uh to one issue per month uh which is pretty exciting uh and i'm hoping to kind of structure the podcast a little bit uh when we make that move and i'll explain a little bit about that later uh for the featured music uh in this uh, particular episode i did not play any video game covers uh, i actually kind of grabbed some of the tunes directly from the games uh, so we were listening to the 8-bit tunes um, so i don't have any bands uh, or artists to feature uh, but next uh, episode um, i'm going to see if i can pull some awesome music for final fantasy potentially star tropics uh, so keep posted for that um, you can check out the show notes for this episode at powertimepodcast.com slash 12. Uh, and I'll have a couple notes up there. But in the meantime, uh, definitely, I, I want to, again, just reiterate, uh, I went on a bit of a hiatus. I absolutely appreciate uh, for all the listeners out there, your patience. I hope you had a great ride uh, going back in in uh, on a trip down memory lane today. Uh, as we took a look at Super C, Final Fantasy, and some of the great games, and listen to some of the awesome music. As you all know, uh, the music is some of the best aspects of these retro games, and I could listen to this uh, music all day, every day. Uh, so again, thank you for your time and attention. I really appreciate it. Participation on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, definitely keep in touch. Reach out. Let me know what games you're playing. Let me know what you think about the Nintendo Switch. Uh, let me know what you're most excited for in 2017. Uh, what modern games are you looking to play? What retro games are you looking to play? Definitely uh, keep in touch and uh, we'll keep the conversations going. Uh, but with that, I'm going to sign off uh, from this episode. It feels so good to be back behind the mic. Uh, we'll be back with the next episode, uh, which may be uh, my thoughts on the Nintendo Switch announcement, which is happening tonight. Uh, if not, it, the next episode will be a retrospective on Super Mario Brothers 3, and I have a lot of great stories and a lot of great content to share. So until then, I'm Tom Tate. This is the Power Time Podcast. Keep on playing with power. <laughs>